Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Light the World podcast. I'm your host, LT World. If you're new to this podcast, what we do on this channel is we take a look at cultural issues like either abortion or critical race theory or things with religion. And we take a look at the history and then we take a look at its background and we kind of analyze both sides of the argument and different positions on it and see which sides make the most sense and which arguments make the most sense. And if that sounds interesting to you, definitely subscribe, definitely follow me on my social media platforms, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and check me out at ltworld.info for more information. So right now, what we're doing is we're covering this month, we're just kind of covering some general politics stuff. We're covering the Democrat and Republican Party. We're covering their background. Today, we're going to be covering, we're going to be covering the Republican background, their history, um, and how they became a party and kind of what they stood for over the years. Um, and then next week, we'll talk about Democrats, and what they stand for today to this date, and what kind of their position is, what their base is based on. And then the week after, we'll talk about Republican Party. And then we're going to be hopefully in a couple of weeks from after that, jumping into a new season where I'm going to be talking a lot about God and culture, atheism and culture, and just kind of looking at the arguments for and against God and looking at how uh, God and like belief in God impacts culture and impacts civilization and how people interact with each other and stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, I hope you guys look forward to that. Uh, I'm definitely excited to release it. So I'll be working on that over the next month or two and then excited to drop a few episodes when they are ready. So yeah, with that being said, let's jump into the history of the Republican Party. So if you recall, if you listened in on last episode, we talked a lot about the history of the Democratic Party. So the Democratic Party is what was like the basically the first party uh, that's still around to this day. Like the Federalists were very were around at that same time. But the Democratic Party started like with the basically not long after the country was founded. And so it's like one of the oldest parties. But the Republican Party was a response to the issue of slavery. That's what the Republican Party was based around. It was based around the anti-slavery movement, the abolitionist movement, and it like was a coalition that was formed around 1854. And why was it 1854, you may ask? Well, that's a great question. So in 1854, we had what you call the Kansas-Nebraska Act. So as the country was expanding out west, new states were being taken on to, you know, expand the country as, as, we, as we went west. We were getting new states. People wanted to join the union, join the country. And so in 1854, we had these two states, Kansas and Nebraska, um, that were were being formed. And in 1854, a senator passed this legislation called the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which basically said that the states should be able to vote on whether or not they want to be slave states or free states. And this was a big issue because uh, the Missouri Compromise uh, back in like 1820 or whatever was supposed to be, um, you know, supposed to help keep power even between free states or slave states. Um, and also it kind of more supported abolitionists, I believe, um, in how it was structured. Um, so this was kind of a, this was a changing of norms for people in general about this Kansas, Nebraska act. Um, the Missouri compromise, I'm just kind of looking up here real quick, the Missouri compromise. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So the Kansas, Nebraska act basically just. Um, up, up, um, uprooted um, this idea of like the Missouri Compromise, which basically helped keep balanced power between the slave states and free states by letting, uh, I think it was Missouri become a slave state and then Maine becoming a, becoming a free state, something like that. So the Kansas-Nebraska Act caused a lot of uproar. And so in 1854, basically a bunch of abolitionists and people who were like free, we need freedom in states, 
rushed to Kansas and Nebraska so that they could get in on the first vote to make it a free state. And then likewise, you had slave owners and people from the South and stuff like that rushing to Kansas and Nebraska to move there so that they could vote in to make it a slave state. And so there was this kind of like this rush on the land um, in this area over this whole issue. And so in 1854, uh, politicians, obviously wanting votes, started to form this coalition to advocate for free states, to advocate for abolitionists, to advocate to end slavery. Um, so you had then, um, you had like the first meeting of this coalition in Ripon, Wisconsin, that May of that year of 1854. And then two months later, a large group met in Jackson, Michigan, to choose the party's first candidates for statewide office. Um, so the coalition was predominantly concerned with stopping the spread of slavery and weakening the political power of slave states. So they had a couple meetings in 1854 following this Kansas-Nebraska Kansas Act to help coalesce the abolitionist movement to help fight against slavery. And then you had those couple meetings in Wisconsin and Michigan to help get it started. Um, and that was basically what it ran on, which then led up to the 1860 election. So after 1854, you had the Republican Party formed, uh, formed this coalition around stopping slavery and helping the abolitionists. And then you had 1860 election where Abraham Lincoln won the election, being the first Republican president. So within six years of being started, already the Republican Party was very famous. Already the Republican Party overthrew the dominant parties, which were like the Federalists and the Democratic Party, um, and won an election, which is incredible because just considering modern day context, third, third parties and stuff like that just normally never succeeds. It's always the two. So it's quite incredible that within six years, they already had a president on the board. Although it was a very contentious, contentious election because he only, because Abraham Lincoln only won 40% of the popular vote, but he won the electoral vote. And so by the time he was inaugurated, seven states already succeeded from the union uh, because they were obviously angry with how uh, new states were becoming free states. They were angry with the Republican position. They were afraid, obviously, of the president like Abraham Lincoln not advocating for their rights as slave owners. And so seven states already succeeded from the Union, causing what we would later know as the Civil War. And so during the political war, you, you see a lot of political and wartime advantage in abolitioning slavery outright. So you had the Republicans basically, instead of just like opposing slavery in new states, and instead of just saying new states should be free, they also started advocating for the freedom and emancipation of slaves. So you had, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation from Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. Then you had the 13th and 15th Amendment, 15th Amendment, which then allowed for, you know, black people to vote, black men, specifically not women, black men to vote, and allowed for more of their freedoms and recognize them as American citizens, uh, which would then lead into the Reconstruction period after the war as the Union started to come together under kind of the Republican Party's guidance because rec during the Reconstruction era, Basically, the Republican Party dominated most of that era as they helped rebuild the country um, and helped rebuild the country in a way that no longer owned slaves. And it was a free country, um, I mean, with, in context of slavery. Um, so that was kind of the origins and also kind of the early legacy of the Republican Party, which then obviously leads into the 1900s, which we'll cover a little bit more. But I'm going to take a brief moment here because around 1854 um, and around this time, 1870s era, you had um, the elephant come into the Republican Party and also uh, a little bit of background then on also why it's called the GOP, the Grand Old Party. Um, so the Republican Party was formed in 1854, as we already said, and then six years later, Abraham Lincoln became the first member elected to the White House. And during that time, an image of an elephant was featured as a Republican symbol in at least one political cartoon and a newspaper 
illustrating illustration during the Civil War. So um, during during that time period in war, there was this phrase, phrase called seeing the elephant, which was an expression used by soldiers to mean experiencing combat. Um, but it didn't take hold until um, the, the symbol of the elephant didn't really take hold until Thomas Nass, the same person who made the donkey famous for Democrats in the last episode. Um, the elephant didn't become popular until Thomas Nass in 1874 published a cartoon in Harper's Weekly, Harper's Weekly, representing uh, representing the Republican Party as an elephant. But in 1854, already the elephant was being used to represent um, basically the Republican Party going to war, um, because you know the Republican Party was experiencing combat with the the succeeded Union, so they were representing the Republican Party as an elephant because of that saying, seeing the elephant, which represented combat. Um, so that was just kind of the origins of the elephant, and I thought that was rather fascinating. That I just think it's fascinating how these cartoons basically set up these symbols that we use now for the future. Um, I mean, even to go a little bit deeper into Thomas Nass, who actually drew up and made the elephant popular for the party, um, he had this tar cartoon titled The Third Term Panic, and that's drawing... Nass drawing basically mocked the New York Herald, which had been critical of President Ulysses Grant's rumored bid for a third term and portrayed various interest groups as animals, including an elephant labeled a Republican vote, which was shown standing at the edge of a pit, and Nass employed the elephant to represent Republicans in additional cartoons during the 1870s and 1880s, and other cartoonists took a hold of this, and again, that's how the Republican Party became represented as an elephant. Um, which is just interesting to me, and I think that's just fun fact for your brain skull. But then we also have the Grand Old Party. So, like, if anyone knows about the Republican Party, um, they also have this nickname, the GOP, or the Grand Old Party. And that one also has an origination. So, the GOP originated thanks to the party's ability to maintain the Union. So, in 1859, in an inaugural address, Kentucky's Democratic Governor Beria Magoffin proclaimed the Grand Old Party has never changed its name, its purpose, or its principles, nor has it ever broken its pledges. Um, and so that was in reference to the Republican Party. And so that's where it gets the Grand Old Party from, from this inaugural speech. And then it just kind of was adopted into the Republican, you know, quote, the Grand Old Party. This is what we are. We're just the good old Grand Old Party. Um, and I was just kind of adopted into what they were and how they identified. And so that's just kind of the history of their logo and history of the GOP, um, because it came around this time period, the 1850s, the 1870s is where they got these things from. But now moving on to the 1900s, which then shows like, which is, which is some stuff we already kind of covered in the last episode. So I'm going to try to keep some of this brief, but as we already talked about last episode with the democratic party, since the South hated the Republicans for obvious reasons, because they were against slavery. And since the Republicans defeated the, um, confederate nation in the civil war the south republic the south coalesced again into a blue vote into a democratic vote um and the republicans predominantly represented north and they were known to like defend big business they're known to defend cities the expansion of federal government and also to advocate for the freedom of slaves and black people so they were they were the dominant party up until the Great Depression, as we kind of covered last episode, and then they lost momentum because during that time, the Republicans were in power, um, the Great Depression hit, and as people know in economics, well, I mean in politics, when the economy struggles under a president, normally the other party can be expected to get voted in. I mean, that's why you had with like Donald Trump, um, how he lost the vote in 2020, most likely due to the pandemic and the economy failing, a lot of people turned on him, but if it wasn't for that, a lot of people think he would have been voted in again. You see this again. You also see this with just other presidents in the past where 
economy fails, and then the other person gets voted in. So this is no different. The Republicans got booted out of office. Democrats come back in after the Great Depression, after long years of not being in power. Um, so then this shift then occurs during the 1900s, and you start to see ideological changes as, as well as um, just political landscape geography-wise geography change. So between 1932 and 1980, Republicans only had one out of, uh, only had, um, excuse me, only had like four presidential elections, successful president le presidential elections from 1932 to 1980. And so they were kind of forced to change their strategy if they wanted to win elections. So Republicans started to promote conservatism. They started to capture a disgruntled and religious South, and they started catering to people opposed to cultural shifts taking place, such as abortion or the gay rights movement or things like that. And the biggest shift, politically speaking, occurred after World War II as black voters started to go Democrat because um, during the Great Depression and all that era, a lot of the Democratic Party was pumping money into the economy. And that also meant giving increased jobs to uh, people of minorities. And so therefore, they started voting Democrat because they were the ones giving jobs to people. Um, and then you also had the idea that the Republican Party was starting to focus a little bit more, a little bit less on appealing to the minority vote, and they started appealing more to conservatism, to you know, the layman. Uh, they started to appeal more to against the cultural wars. They started to appeal more um, to like you know hands-off type of environment, and they started to, to promote a decentralized government. Um, and after World War II, this was a big deal because that was when a lot of these cultural movements started to happen with the women's with the feminism movement and the gay rights movement and then the, you know eventually other movements down the road um which then leads us up to as we talked about reagan which was kind of the starting point for what we would call like our modern political landscape the south became red because the south started to vote um for republicans because they were advocating their policies uh, because republicans were saying we're going to defend farms we're going to defend decentralized government and we're going to um we're going to fight for, you know, if we're going to fight against abortion. We're going to fight against gay rights. We're going to fight against these things. And we're not going to be uh, going with these cultural uh, shifts. Um, and although they were still opposed to slavery, although they're still opposed to like racism in general, um, the South was like, we're not getting anything from the Democratic Party. So we're going to at least um, get some economic benefits and some other religious benefits that we want out of the Republican Party. And likewise, the North being mostly a lot, having a lot more cities having a lot more factories and big business, the Democratic Party started to appeal to them um, as they were pumping money into the economy during the, during the, after the Great Depression. They were kind of just appealing to cities and big business owners to get the economy going, which then just inevitably meant that became their constituents down the road. And so they started to appeal to them. And then also they started to appeal to the progressive movement within colleges and stuff. So they started getting the college vote. Um, so yeah. So you had that whole shift leading up to Reagan, which then during that time was kind of just established the red and blue states and that are kind of like the same states that we have today. Kind of helped at Reagan's point, this is like established kind of like the go-to conservative Republican party that we have today. Um, and you also kind of had your progressive Democratic party following Reagan just kind of get solidified. And now we kind of have these two parties that, as we know them, but I didn't really talk too much about after Reagan last episode. I'm just going to touch a little bit on that. Uh, there has been a lot of back and forth, as I said. And then in the 2000s, you had Republicans come back in office with Bush, who was popular for a little bit, but then fell off uh, because of his war with Iraq. People thought he was in there for too long because then you, had, then you had Obama jump in. And then Obama faced backlash his last 
term for some of his social policies and some of his economic policies, which then led into Trump, uh, because then Trump said, I'm not going to be Obama in regards to economics. I'm not going to be this and that. I'm going to be a strong president, leader, blah, blah. He ran on his campaign, and then he won the election. And then obviously, as everyone knows, he got um, impeached. He There's a lot of uh, uproar over his presidency with the things he was doing, which then leads us into Joe Biden as people responded after COVID and after the whole charades of what was going on in the White House. And that was just kind of the back and forth in the 2000s that we've been seeing um, to this time. And so that's just a little brief background on the Republican Party, kind of what their symbol history, kind of what they stood for, kind of how they got to where they are. I briefed over a lot. If you want to learn more about the Democratic Party and learn a little bit more about the political landscape, you can check out last episode. I talk a lot more about just kind of the political landscape and about the Democratic Party and a little bit more about the history. This episode was a little bit brief because um, there's quite a bit of information I already covered in the last episode. But yeah, if you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, definitely subscribe, definitely follow along on social media platforms, and you can check me out, ltworld.info. And if you want to keep learning more about the political parties, next week we're going to talk about Democrat Party and what they stand for, what their beliefs are to on this day, and why, and like what they, what do they, what do they defend, and how do they defend it? And then we'll jump into the Republican Party, do the same thing, and then eventually a couple, a few weeks down the road, we're going to jump into the new, the new season that I talked about, which again I'm really excited to release to you guys. So yeah, so thank you for listening, and guys, I mean friends, please. Go out there and light the world.